Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, it is absolutely painful out here. The National Weather Service says this Arctic cold front will be plunging into the U.S. starting today and could bring more record-setting cold temperatures. Forecasters say the polar plunge could extend as far south as the Florida panhandle, with lows dipping into the 20s and even teens in some places. Wind chill temperatures could drop below zero in some parts of the south. It's expected that the cold front could also bring more snow to cities from St. Louis to Boston. Former GOP presidential candidate... Vivek Ramaswamy is urging Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley to drop out of the race. In an interview with Fox News, Ramaswamy said the pair should step aside and endorse former President Trump. The comments come a day after Ramaswamy dropped out of the race after a poor showing in the Iowa caucus. DeSantis made a pit stop in South Carolina before his return to New Hampshire. Thomas Cage with the story. Presidential candidate Ron DeSantis made an appearance at the South Carolina State House Tuesday joining state legislative leaders for a press conference. DeSantis addressed gender transitioning procedures, Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. He says that gender transitioning for minors is wrong and claiming that a man cannot become a woman. DeSantis also said that President Trump and former Governor Nikki Haley owe New Hampshire a debate with him before the primary later this month. Watch me. Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, and Olivia Rodrigo are performing at the 2024 Grammy Awards. A Recording Academy revealed today that three of today's biggest pop stars will be treating fans with performances of their hits on February 4th. Michael Kastner, NBC News Radio. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pal Diarco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.99. Which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A H E E, B like Boy, O. Then continue with the word T and then the word Club. The complete website is TeheboTeaClub.com. Or call us at 818 610 8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TeheboTeaClub.com.
It's that time of year again. No, not the holidays. Medicare open enrollment. And if you have questions about Medicare, you should talk to the local experts, Paul Barrich and Associates. Paul and his agents are certified with plans that are accepted by most of the medical groups in our area. Call 909-793-0385. Their service is free, and after 42 years in the business, their agents are trained to help you pick the plan that's right for you. Hi, I'm food critic Alan Morgan, and I'm excited to tell you about Ray's Shanghai Bistro in Redlands. Ray's Shanghai Bistro offers the largest and most delicious array of traditional and original Chinese dishes available in the Inland Empire. Some of my favorite dishes are the house-made pot stickers, the crisp pork spare ribs with garlic, their unique spicy lamb with bamboo, the sweet and tangy deep-fried orange peel beef, mm-mm, and the savory basil spicy shrimp plus lots of vegetarian dishes. Whether you dine in, pick up the food, or have them cater your next party or special occasions, you will see why Ray's spelled R-U-I apostrophe S, Shanghai Bistro, is truly the best Chinese restaurant in the Yulin Empire. Make sure to check out their new location at 405 West Stewart Avenue in Redlands, California, right across from the Sprouts Grocery Store. That's Ray's Shanghai Bistro. Zambrano Plumbing in Riverside would like to thank all the local men and women in our armed forces who risk their lives daily to preserve our freedom and way of life. God bless America. This reminder courtesy of Zambrano Plumbing in Riverside. They're the professionals serving the area with quality, integrity, and dependability. For service or an estimate, call Zambrano Plumbing at 909-772-9939. This is KCAA. Welcome to the Worker Power Hour with Randy Corrigan, a brand new show about labor and worker issues. The host of the show is Randy Corrigan, Secretary, Treasurer, and Principal Office and Leader of Teamsters 1932, one of the largest public sector labor unions on the West Coast, representing workers in government and non-sworn law enforcement personnel. Randy Corrigan is a 30-year Teamster who first became involved in the labor movement by volunteering his time as an organizer with the Teamsters Union at the age of 21. Since then, he's helped thousands organize, mobilize, and achieve bargaining rights. He accomplished this by spending countless hours with brave men and women all over Southern California, in their living rooms, on the picket line, to bring workers towards victory. This is the Worker Power Hour. And now here's the host of the show, Randy Corrigan. Good afternoon, everybody. Here we are, the Worker Power Hour. Longtime organizer, first-time radio host. Here we go with another hour. I got a really exciting guest at the at the back of the hour, the back end of the hour. Uh, introduce him in a minute. We also have a Teamster Advantage partner that will be on here in a little bit, in about twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, and uh, you know, we we'll do a little bit of recap of last week. Uh, but you know, I got called out. Some people listened to my show last week and and told me that I didn't call out the number because they wanted to call in. That's a true story, Frank. And Frank, make sure you put your headphones on because I'm actually going to call on you on something <laughs> instead of you scrambling. Uh, the 800 number is 888-909-1050. One more time, 888-909-1050 if you want to call in. Uh, actually, it got my chops busted a bit uh, or late last week over not calling out the number uh, from some people uh, on the East Coast because it's after 5 o'clock for them. And uh, they're they're 
I, apparently they enjoy listening to it uh, uh, live as it's coming out and wouldn't mind calling in at some point. Don't think they'll call in today, but maybe at some point. Uh, last week's call, uh, or excuse me, last week's guest, uh, you know, we had Megan on here from VBS. Uh, what a good conversation around the complexity of healthcare. Uh, what really stuck out to you, Frank, from last week uh, around that discussion? Well, I recently went through uh, buying my own insurance because I turned 26 last year. And oh my gosh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you realize how difficult it is, right? Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to hear. Uh, it was nice to hear that you, uh, the Teamsters, are able to get a good deal through through uh, her her company, Bearish Insurance. Um, and she just seemed really nice and down to earth and. Uh, it, it was interesting. Yeah, and, and talking about all the different benefits, the disability, the way disability worked, the supplemental disability, uh, all the what we call ancillary benefits, voluntary benefits around the edges of healthcare. Uh, you know, you're get, be able to get vision or dental, uh, or you know what they call cancer coverage uh, or uh, other coverages that that enhance whatever healthcare benefits. And, you know, the, the conversation really did a pretty good job of kind of circulating around the struggles that everybody goes through when they're trying to select benefits. And a lot of times when they're doing the selection of benefits, you know, and there's two comparisons here. The first comparison is if they're in a union, we're obviously bargaining, taking care of all that stuff for them. <laughs> and and a lot of times what happens is is people don't pay attention to how difficult the subject is. And as you just pointed out, you get to 26, you come off of your potent, you know, your parents or whoever healthcare you're on, you roll onto your own, and then you're, you're into this whole new world. We got to kind of figure out, well, what's the right plan? What's it cost? Uh, what's going to make sense? And uh, it's it's a it's a difficult subject for the average person to kind of digest, break down, and understand. And then uh, you know, if you if you guess wrong, you get hurt, you get in an accident. Uh, you get ill, you go to the hospital, or you have to go through treatment, and all of a sudden you get roll-up costs, and you get these huge bills that, uh, in a lot of ways, end up killing people's retirement vehicles, and they end up unable to to retire in the end, or they have to work a lot longer. Yeah, and I think um, some people don't realize that a lot of workers are at the mercy of their employer when it comes to getting a decent health care plan. Um, when you know when you have full time a full time job with benefits, sometimes your employer can. Uh, well, the employer the employer can pick the plan. It's got to have some basic coverages. But mm -hmm. the difference between basic coverage is kind of like with a with a car. If you just get the basic coverage, it's got fifteen thousand uh, dollar liability mm -hmm. versus three hundred or five hundred thousand. Exactly. There, there's a huge difference if you get in an accident and you hit you know, an expensive car or, mm -hmm. you know, somebody gets injured, uh, you know, pretty bad. And so if you've obviously just got the basic insurance, what's required under the law, guess who's going to write the check for the difference? Yeah, you. That's right. And so, you know, employer-based uh, health care or group-based benefits, we did a little bit of time talking about that and explaining how important it is in our system, you know, because clearly we have what we call the gold standard or platinum standard of, of making sure those benefits we just don't want somebody that we represent to be in a, in a difficult situation or hit a catastrophe and then and then and then a financial catastrophe follows it because your health care yeah. was unable to cover and so as a result you need to make sure that i mean think about the challenges you face in your family if you get ill or you 
you, you have to be hospitalized or someone in your family does or, or both. And then you have a financial catastrophe as a result of having to figure out how to pay the bills. That's just, it's not, it's a, it's a double whammy. You're getting hit twice Definitely. on a, and potentially even a third time on the situation. It's actually the number one cause. Most people don't know the statistic to this, that, in 401ks, which technically shouldn't be people's primary vehicle or retirement, but it is, it's actually the number one cause that 100% of their balance gets draw down, bef- drawn down before they retire is some sort of healthcare expense, some catastrophe in the healthcare space that creates a problem that they actually have to draw their entire 401k to pay for it. That it's we, why what's go- and, yeah. and that could be someone that's working some you know working their entire adult life. You worked hard your entire adult life, boom, you hit the wall. And so because of all the challenges that have happened in the healthcare industry, and quite frankly, because big corporations and, and, and big business has tried to prevent from having to pay for it, and then you you deregulated and corporatized a lot of the healthcare industry itself, not just the provider side, but then the hospital side. And as a result of all that being a kind of a for-profit base, you you costs are skyrocketing and services are cutting getting cut short and as a result that is all falling and landing on the working people whether they're a small business owner or they are you know somebody who's working for an employer and and again if you sometimes if you leave it up to the employer they're just going to cut the bottom line and the last point i'll make on that subject that a lot of people pointed out to me after listening to the show was how people take for granted two things. One, if they think they have healthcare benefits and not quite know the full totality of it until they hit some sort of emergency. And then the other is if they do have great healthcare benefits, kind of taking it for granted, (laughs) right? So you almost get two sides of the coin of that situation. And I think it was a real robust conversation, uh, clearly attached to a Teamster Advantage partner in the area with insurance, uh, voluntary benefits. It was just a pretty good show, well-rounded when it came to, you know, connecting the dots with our community. And so uh, with that, I'll move on to the, uh, everybody, uh, again, I get a lot of feedback on this one. Uh, uh, members and, and, and friends and everybody really like to hear what the Teamster jobs are that they didn't, they didn't know uh, before. And uh, this week, uh, I'm going to point out three of them that are kind of, I wouldn't say obvious, but they're, they're people that we deal with a lot. We just don't realize that they're Teamsters. San Bernardino School District. Uh, so not San Bernardino County Schools. So there's a school district that's called San Bernardino County School District. That entire school district, all the clerical uh, and uh, admin, are they're all Teamsters. We actually, my local actually represents them. And so attendance issues, enrollment issues, all the issues that are handled uh, within the inner office of the district itself, uh, they're Teamsters and they make sure and manage uh, that the that the school district is operating and moving in a positive direction every single day. With that is LA Unified School District. Uh, actually all your support staff, your cafeteria staff, uh, your your maintenance staff, those are all Teamsters as well with Local 572 in Los Angeles. Uh, they're actually based in Carson. And uh, ironically, man, it was almost, almost it was like 26 or 27 years ago, I actually worked on that organizing drive to help them become Teamsters all those years ago. I, I worked with that local 
uh, back when I was a little younger. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was just over to help them from my local, which is out 63. And so uh, we're proud to say that we also represent uh, school district employees and making sure that our kids uh, have, uh, you know, grow up with a great education. And I think it's important, you know, for us to, to make sure that we recognize the direct relationships uh, that we can develop with these schools uh, and making sure that the kids uh, coming from junior high and high school understand how moving into the workforce. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First, once you graduate, how quickly that comes upon us, right? I mean, I think we can all think back to when we were that age. And, you know, we're working really hard to create those, build those bridges and those transitions so kids move into really good jobs if they're not going to go to college. 82% of the kids in the Inland Empire do not go to college. A statistic, they do not go to college after they graduate high school. And so the fact is, it's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's been an overemphasis. Uh, there's been a, the not the overemphasis, I think that that it's been wrong to tell people they're a failure if they don't go to college. I just personally think it's wrong to say that, to make make a generation. My whole generation and the generation behind me and the generation in front of me were basically told if we didn't go to college, uh, we were a failure. And that's just not true because the average, there's a lot of good jobs out there that need to be done. They should be good middle-class jobs and you're not a failure if you don't go to college. Sometimes, you know, school's just not cut out for everybody. Some of the hardest working people I know, you know, never went to college. Matter of fact, some of the most educated people I know, it's hard to get them to go to work. <laughs> so, uh, you know, sometimes the smarter we are, the more we talk ourselves out of actually doing some work. I was one of the people that got uh, the impression that I had to go to college and I went and I wasn't ready for it. It wasn't the right time for me to be in college. And I, now I have no degree, but I still have $11,000 in student loans. So Oh, it, boy. Yeah. If uh, it, It's not for everybody. Um, you know, there's no there's no problem with going to college, obviously. But if, if you don't want to go to college, there are plenty of opportunities out there um, outside of college. You know, and there's trade schools as well that you can do. And you can be self-taught in something. And um, you can you know, make a good life for yourself. Yeah, so. that's exactly why we're having this discussion is to is it's okay to be a middle class worker. <laughs> like it, it's actually what makes our economy move. Um, and and, you know, again, uh, so that, those are good teams for jobs. The next one is is closely related to schools, uh, but it's this it's Gold Star Foods represented by Local 63. They actually deliver all the food to most of the schools in Southern California and Northern California, specifically LAUSD, a number of the school districts around here. So all of your your free lunch program or your lunch or any of the lunch in which any of our kids are getting at school is more than likely delivered by Gold Star Foods. Uh, The drivers are Teamsters, the warehouse uh, personnel are all Teamsters. And so a good shout out to them. Uh, they, They make sure that our kids eat. And matter of fact, during the pandemic, uh, during COVID, the shutdowns, all of those workers kept working and made sure that food was still going to the schools because, remember, in a lot of these economically depressed areas, that that's the best meal of the day that a lot of these kids are getting. 
and and those those schools were still serving lunch and it was because teamsters were delivering the food to make sure that those uh, underprivileged kids were going to be able to get uh, their food their nutrition for the day and so shout out to them we really appreciate them and here's a nice little one uh, the next one the last one john denier cheesecakes um uh, it's a great cheesecake it's it's everyone loves it um they're they're pretty pretty popular more popular i think in the la basin than they are out here in the ie but they're a hundred percent union made and their uh, teamsters are the ones that make sure that their machines uh, operate properly make sure that they're running uh, properly and make sure that those cakes uh, are you know have all the right ingredients in them uh, and make sure that uh, they're going to obviously get to the bakers the bakers are union too with the bakers union and um you know i, I just learned this the other day uh, again shout out to carlos gonzalez for uh, lining these up for me every week he he, he does a little bit of research and uh, tries to make it fun and, and mix it up for us so i uh, really appreciate that and so let's move on to some current labor news i'll kind of try to rip through that real quick uh, three hot topics going on right now uh, starbucks and the supreme court uh, starbucks is appealing a decision to the supreme court uh, starbucks uh, did some illegal activity and and were told by a federal judge that they needed to reinstate workers and starbucks is actually doing something that that, that has not been done in a very long time and that is taking an nlrb decision a regional body uh, for uh, it's a government agency that has ruled that Starbucks did something unfairly and needed to reinstate these workers and and the union had to go to federal court to enforce the the decision made by the NLRB and Starbucks is snubbing their nose at it and saying no we're gonna go to uh, the Supreme Court and try to override the decision it's what they call a preemption issue and that the, the, the issue has been decided literally thousands of times since 1935 uh, 1934 when the Wagner Act was put in, in into law uh, it was 1934 and then in 1935 it changed the National Labor Relations Act anyway that labor law enforcement agency uh, clearly is is taking a position that hey look you need to reinstate these workers uh, for what you did and what you shouldn't have done and you know Starbucks is really going out on a limb here and I think that you know they really need to think about it you know <laughs> Obviously, when you're paying four, five, six bucks for a cup of coffee, I mean, this is this is high end stuff. This isn't just a regular cup of coffee, and you know, this is a luxury item, and clearly a luxury item. And you know, to be treating workers this way, and to and to hoping that the Supreme Court. Now, I will be honest. I will be upfront with you. The Supreme Court has not been very friendly to labor. This new Supreme Court has been real, real tough on labor, on unions, and and uh, it's it's. It's not appreciated, I can tell you, by a lot of people. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to make the decision. And that Starbucks shopping, hoping that they can go to another authority to not actually do the right thing. And the dispute, you know, is over, uh, you know, their conduct. Uh, and their, their argument is so weird. Their argument is in this space of trying to say that, that because the, the, the regions, which the regions are uh, – the authority over a particular geographical area because you can't have one place in Washington DC that does all the all the all the decisions and all the cases that they're that, that the decisions are inconsistent across all the regions and they have some differences to them 
Well, of course they're going to have differences because all the cases are slightly different. And so the reason is to really just try to drag it up to the Supreme Court. Now, the Supreme Court has not decided to take the case. A lot of times in this space, the Supreme Court will reject it and say, no, you already have an authority that's made the decision. And hopefully the Supreme Court does the right thing in this one and just says, no, you need to follow what the NLRB has decided and also what the uh, U.S. District Court had told the company to implement. And so uh, clearly, you know, hundreds of locations have organized at Starbucks. Uh, you know, you have over 370 of them that have organized out of almost 10,000 Starbucks stores. And, you know, these workers, you know, clearly a luxury item. You know, they're not making a lot of money. Somebody's making a ton of cash on this. It's about benefits. It's about working conditions. And, hey, if you're paying four or five bucks for a Starbucks, you know, you can afford to pay some of these workers a little bit better. I get it. If you're selling 50 cent coffee, it may be a whole different story. But man, when it's this kind of, when it's got this sort of price tag on it. Now, I will remind you that most of the Starbucks product that's being delivered is actually delivered by Teamsters, too. At least specifically in Southern California, Mountain Briar actually, or Martin Briar actually makes a delivery. Uh, so we're, we've, got our, we've got our connections here and there. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of interesting. The next story I want to talk about is Tesla. We talked a little bit of, about Tesla last week. I'm going to raise it up again here. They are actually bumping up their pay for all their factory workers. Well, of course they are because of what happened with the UAW contract. You know, everybody followed the UAW contract. The, uh, the, UA, the, the union workers got a raise. And this, this part of the news goes into what I talk about over and over again is that unions are helping raise standards in the, in the middle class, even, even people we don't represent. <laughs> And it happens anytime we negotiate a really, really good contract on a large scale, all the non-union competition starts to what they call do the do the union bump. And they, they bump up the wages uh, a bit to try to keep somewhat comparable because if they don't, then those workers are going to say, well, I guess I need a union. Now, the reality is, is even if you had equal wages, you actually need one, especially with these large corporations, because... You know, you get eaten up and spitting out, you know, spit out in, the, in these tough situations. And so, uh, you know, Tesla has raised their wages. They've announced to everybody, ironically, oh, we're going to do it through 2024. Uh, you know, shockingly, uh, you know, right after the big national fight that happened in, in 2023 around these workers. So uh, good shout out to them. Glad they got a few more bucks in their pocket, but ultimately they need to organize, uh, get some great health care. Uh, and make sure that not all the money goes into Mr. Musk's pocket and to where he can. I mean, I guess he hasn't flown himself to the moon or anything yet, but I think at some point he, you know, I think he's the one to go to Mars. That's what it is. He's going to one up Bezos because, you know, Bezos did the whole, I'm going to go up into space and fly around a little bit. And then one will go to the moon and the next one will go to, go to Mars. And, you know, it's amazing to have that much money to be able to do stuff like that. The last point I want to make on the news is in New York. New York had actually uh, passed a law to raise the minimum wage for, for app delivery workers. And what they saw was they did it, the big, there was a big study done in the state that showed that a lot of these delivery workers were making as low as $4.03 an hour. And that's just unacceptable. And what ends up happening there is a safety issue. 
is they start to hurry up, they start to speed, they start to increase, you know, start to cut corners of safety in, a, in an attempt to try to raise their wages uh, because it's you're delivering, you're on the road, and the faster you can get from point A to point B, the more money you're going to make. And you know, clearly with Uber and and a lot of these Uber Eats and that style of 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 industry when you see the time you see how much you're going to pay excuse me you say i got to go from point a to point b you know how much you're going to get how much going to cost before you start the trip well the flip side of that problem is maybe that's good for the consumer but we're not just a society that should be just a consumer based uh, issue it should also be a worker based discussion too and the flip side of that is is if you have a preset time and that time short changes the driver, then the driver doesn't have a choice but to try to cut corners. And so there has to be some protections put in there to try to prevent workers from losing. And so they just passed this law uh, in New York, and it's going to be uh, interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but obviously the intent is to get it to where they operate more safely. And, uh, you know, the, the delivery apps, the delivery company's response has been uh, quite uh you know, puzzling. You know, they, they obviously change things around and move things around uh, to make it more confusing in their apps, uh, adding new fees and trying to pass it on versus, you know, again, a bunch of wealthy people trying to figure out a better way to share share the wealth. And so with that, I'd like to uh, transition into our guest, uh, our Teamster Advantage guest. We have Mary Ruder. Uh, she has a specialty market in Yukaipa. Uh, I think she's been on other shows here at KCAA. <laughs> yes, I have. And uh, before I transfer over, I just one more time, I want to say 888-909-1050. Uh, so, Mary, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, we've got a few minutes uh, before the break, and why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what kind of small business you have and, and your partnership with Teamster Advantage. Okay. Well, um, I own Soaring Swine Acres Emporium, which is a brick-and-mortar shop in Yucaipa on California Street. I live in Yucaipa. <laughs> So do I. <laughs> in fact, my husband's family has been in Yucaipa since the 1930s. Oh, nice. So we are, my husband's family, longtime residents, and Yucaipa is a wonderful place to live and have a business. Um, about 13 years ago, I started a small business to give my son a job who had dropped out of college. Mm -hmm. And at the time when all the the job markets had kind of dried up and he couldn't find a job. So I said, okay, I'm gonna start this business and that way he'll have something to do. So poor thing, I did not pay him union wages. Um, he had a roof over his head and food. <laughs> that's, so. <laughs> that's better than union wages, <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> but we make all natural jams, jellies, sauces, salsas, and pickles. We started out with just jams and jellies and sauces and salsas. And then I learned how to make pickles and we added pickles. Uh, for a while we had our own honeys, but now I contract with another honey vendor that's local from Mentone. We have also in the past two years created another line of products called Voodoo Queen Tea. And they're called Voodoo Queen because I am originally from New Orleans. Mm. We make all natural, herbal teas and tinctures that are actually health remedies. In the past three months, we have started another line called Southern Sisters Wellness with my sister in New Orleans. And we make products for people who have pain, anxiety, stress, that kind of issue. 
Um, I need to visit you because I have all those things. <laughs> <laughs> We've got something that can right. help you, whether it's a tea, right. a tincture, or a salve. So my son started us with this, and now he's got a great job. And he's doing fine, and he works overtime. So he doesn't help me as much as, as he used to. But we have a great business. I got involved with Teamster Advantage oh, about a year ago when Mark Orr came and spoke to the Ukaipa Chamber of Commerce. He talked about the Teamster Advantage, and my eyes just lit up. And I said, I, I want to be. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Involved in that. And so as soon as the meeting was over, I sought him out and I said, okay, what do I have to do to join that? And it was very simple application process and I absolutely love it and I appreciate what Teamsters Advantage does for small businesses. And how much do we charge? Oh, let's see, what is it? Zero. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, we, we, we appreciate your small business and you know, it's one of the things we're gonna talk about on the other side of the hour is Small business owners and 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 labor and workers, mm -hmm. you know, have so much in common. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes we feel divided by what's going on uh, in our in our current society. But you know, clearly we appreciate the partnership and you know, giving our members a discount for shopping there, and obviously us encouraging our members to shop local yes. versus pushing the little buttons on their app-based phone, which usually goes to a big corporation. Yes, exactly. And small mom and pop kind of businesses need that kind of support from their communities and also from Teamsters. Yes. So we, we absolutely love it. Y'all provide publicity for us. You offer vending events. Yes, we do. That don't cost me a thing. So I will be there, I think it's on April... April 13th, 13th, our car show. All right. The car oh, good, show good, good. With good. my products. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we love for our Teamster Advantage partners to attend the car show. We don't charge for the space. It's all about sense of community and just getting everybody to connect. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I love that about it. So when Teamsters come into my business and show their card, they get a discount on our products. Well, thank you very much, Mary. We really appreciate that. I got a little long-winded on our news, so I'm uh, sorry for cutting you a little bit short okay. here. But is there anything else you want to say before we transition? Well, break? just come on in and check us out at 12116A California Street in Yucaipa. We're open Tuesdays through Saturdays from 1130 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. And we will be happy to give you free samples and show that Teamster card. All right. And get a discount. 
at Yucaipa, California. I like to call it Yucca Pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yucca Pie, California. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little town. Uh, we appreciate uh, the work you do in the community and appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. And ho- hopefully we can encourage more, not just to Teamsters, but if you're a Teamster and you're part of the Teamster Advantage Network, you actually get a discount. If you're not, always uh, make sure you support your local small businesses because it you. really keeps it. our it keeps the economy rolling in our local uh, in our neighborhoods and in our local community. And so with that, I think we got to transition to a break here, right? My rolling over. So with that, it's the Worker Power Hour with Randy Corgan. We'll see you on the other side of the hour. It's a bird! It's a plane! No, it's Super Roth! Okay, a gimmicky opening for a commercial about Super Roth Universal Life Insurance, but I'm sure it got your attention. Now, what is a Super Roth, you ask? It's a permanent indexed universal life insurance that's totally liquid and easily accessible once it matures, can be used to supplement retirement savings or a death benefit, or both, has no income or contribution limit, has no five-year rule like Roth IRAs, has no 10% penalty for accessing the funds before age 59 and a half. Oh, and the average historical returns are 5 to 7% annually, tax-free. Super Roths also lock in gains, which means you don't lose your money when the market is down. Sounds incredible, right? Sounds super? Super Roths are the way of the future, specifically your future. To see if you qualify for a Super Roth, go online to thesuperroth.com. Zambrano Plumbing in Riverside would like to thank all the local men and women in our armed forces who risk their lives daily to preserve our freedom and way of life. God bless America. This reminder courtesy of Zambrano Plumbing in Riverside. They're the professionals serving the area with quality, integrity, and dependability. For service or an estimate, call Zambrano Plumbing at 909-772-9939. Southwestern Motors in San Bernardino thanks our troops and veterans for everything they've done so fearlessly for us. Send letters and packages from home and offer a veteran a discount on your local product or service. It will be greatly appreciated. This message courtesy of Southwestern Motors at 791 North Mount Vernon in San Bernardino. Known for quality, integrity, and knowledgeable service since 1957. Call 909-889-9539. Southwestern Motor, on the air because they care. Welcome back to the Worker Power Hour. This is Randy Corgan, longtime organizer, first-time radio host. 888-909-1050 if you want to call in toll-free. This is KCAA, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM. Joining me on this side of the break is Dennis Reardon. Uh, He has been a longtime labor advocate. There he is on my screen in front of me. I love this guy. Uh, he is. He understands the history of labor. Understands the history in general. A very, very intelligent individual. Uh, has been very helpful to me uh, for a very long period of time. Uh, whenever I'm in a pinch, uh, there's two guys I usually call. One is Brother Kamek, and the other is uh, uh, Brother Reardon here. And uh, he's we we're kicking around an idea for a show, and 
and and Reardon helped me kind of pencil some of this stuff out, and I just thought it was a fabulous idea. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to have to break this show up over a series of shows because it's just too big of a subject to try to tackle it in one uh, in one show uh, or one uh, you know one segment. And it is why the U.S. worker, why the American worker doesn't have its own labor party. And what I don't want to do is to get into the politically divisive subjects. I try to keep that completely out of my show because there's just no space for it anymore, especially as, 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 as destructive as the parties have kind of been uh, here recently. But clearly what's happened is the American worker has been kind of left out of this discussion and in, in a lot of ways feels abandoned and avoid uh, in a connection to their parties. And I guess, you know, w- without stealing all the thunder of the discussion, I'd like for you, Dennis, to kind of introduce yourself quickly and go through a little bit of history as to, as to how long you've been connected to the American worker, including yourself being one. And thank you for your service for serving our military. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? It's good to hear you, brother. It's always good to hear you too, brother. And so, um, yeah. So as a, just quick background, uh, grew up in a union family. Dad was the president of a, uh, bill posters and billers union back in Denver, uh, in the forties and early fifties. Um, so I got my introduction there, uh, served, uh, in the air force, uh, right out of high school. Thank God for the, uh, uh, GI Bill that um, uh, GIs uh, during that time were able to uh, benefit from, um, and so I had a chance to go to uh, college when I got out of the uh, out of the Air Force. Um, during that time, uh, wh- while I went to school, uh, I had uh, two children and was married and uh, had the benefit of uh, of the GI Bill. Went to school uh, night school weekends, was able to get a degree and. Uh, uh, that really qualified me for my first position uh, uh, during that time. I was an air traffic controller. Uh, I worked for the Federal Aviation Administration. You crazy guy, you controlled the airplanes? Imagine. Well, <laughs> they, you know, everything, life is an illusion. You, you and I both yes, understand that. that. But, uh, they, they said we controlled them. Uh, but uh, I, was, uh, I had the opportunity to come into a new organization, uh, PATCO was just formed in uh, 68. I came in in uh, 70, uh, just after the first strike. And uh, so uh, I was, uh, you know, elected to local office uh, as a, a union local leader, uh, being the president of uh, a local in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, went to uh, graduate school after uh, my undergraduate uh, while I was uh, a controller. And uh, uh, PATCO strike occurred in 1981. I was uh, uh, on the uh, PATCO staff at the time. Uh, I was a, uh, uh, involved in the contract negotiations, et cetera. Uh, unfortunately, as uh, we all know, the Reagan administration uh, fired uh, approximately 12,000 workers. Uh, and I was on the staff. I'd left the FAA employment by that time. Um, and then I went on and worked uh, with uh, a couple of other uh, federal sector unions uh, and subsequently stayed in union business as an adult and uh, retired uh, in 2009, uh, uh, having worked for about uh, 14 years for the uh, teachers union in Ohio. 
Yeah, you were the executive director of the teachers union in the state of Ohio, correct? I was you're, the Ohio Education. You're underestimating your uh, your resume here. <laughs> he's he's it's got quite the uh, he's got quite the, the 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 titles that he's held over time, and the quite the experience too. So we appreciate you sharing that. And so let's just talk briefly about this question of you know why is it that the American worker today. Dennis feels as if they've been abandoned by both parties and you know we can give examples you just gave an example of how Reagan abandoned uh, you know I know a lot of people a lot of Republicans I'm a former Republican myself uh, that that you know Reagan abandoned the workers when they did what he did we don't need to get into the to the details of that it's but well documented uh, as to how unions were shocked at, at, at the what he did during that strike but Let's a, let's answer that question first, because I think w- it, with our limited time today, and as we will break this up over over the next uh, over some you know some shows in the future, is I think that why is it that workers feel abandoned at this point, in your opinion? Yeah, uh, well, uh, clearly there is uh, you know there's designed inequality uh, in in the system. I mean, basically, uh, you know, the United States is. Uh, uh, has a huge culture, long established. It changes very slowly, like a ship moving in the ocean, very slowly. And uh, uh, you know, the, the dominant force is capitalism. I don't consider capitalism a, uh, a dirty word. Uh, it is a uh, uh, it's the structure by which our economy principally is uh, uh, is structured. And uh, uh, you know, there are owners. I mean, there are some basic principles to capitalism owners and workers and uh you know but the they don't industry, own everything right pardon no, me they don't own everything <laughs> they don't own, they don't own everything Correct. and yes. uh over time unions have been able to uh uh you know to uh, help the worker establish more equity in the system and that really was what you were talking about earlier with frank i think about health care um and uh you know over time uh changes are made but they come through uh, really a fight for equality. And I think that's where the American worker is, uh, is now. Uh, and uh, they feel you know, it's not, and it's not equal anymore, huh? They, they feel, they can feel that, that, you know, especially when you see corporate profits at a level in which it is and the amount of wealth that's shifted in this incredible way, you know, you could a lot of ways take that wealth, you know, of one individual CEO and, 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 and just, cut it in half and they're still a billionaire they're still a multi-billionaire and then give the other half back to workers and the amount of, of money that recirculates through our economy when that happens obviously you can't do it like that it's just just a just an example uh but it, it's like no i keep they keep taking 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 and it's where capitalism starts to run awry right it's where it really does it goes too far and i agree with you you know it's, capitalism is what we've got it's part of our republic uh there's nothing wrong with it as long as as long as those that own these businesses do the right thing. The problem is, is sometimes they're, they can't do that. And so how workers feel as if they're being abandoned, let's talk, let's talk some historical data. You pointed out some things that I think it'd be important if you could run through that real quickly. It's the timeline over the last hundred and some years as to how the, a worker party never really got its footing and just kind of briefly why it didn't get its footing. I, w- I was intrigued, uh, Randy, with uh, with Mary. Uh, what a what a grand personality! But uh, in the conversation, uh, you highlighted uh, the fact that uh, uh, you know in years past, 
farmers particularly, given the structure, the agricultural economy was so strong in the uh, 1800s that uh, labor and, uh, and agricultural uh, farmers principally formed joint organizations. They pursued similar goals. They understood that the small farmer and the worker really had something in common, and that was a, a bigger fight against this larger structured economy that's out there. And, uh, uh, you know, there have been other uh, farmer uh, labor, actually groups called Labor-Farmer uh, Democratic Organization. Uh, and again, that wasn't a party. It was focused on the concept of democracy back in the 1830s, 1840s. Um, you know, you had, uh, I think it was uh, working men's parties uh, have over time with various names uh, have, uh, have have been designed in an attempt to bring the forces of workers uh, together with larger groups outside of the work working class, and uh, uh, over time they've been crushed basically. And today we have dominantly it's really in our uh, you know, it's in our culture two principal parties, and uh, uh, you know I think over time uh, given uh, all the machinations of politics. Uh, and a lot of the forces of money in uh, uh, in in politics. Uh, what you have is the working man once more is uh, ends up being at the bottom of that uh, uh, priority of that list. Train. Yeah, bottom of the priority list. Yep. Really are. Yeah, and 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 so they feel abandoned right now. Workers over the last couple decades, you know, you hear you hear corporate America uh, have a tendency to try to smash on what they call regulation and then all of a sudden there's this narrative that you got to get rid of regulation you got to get rid of this you got to get rid of that and a lot of people just don't realize that most of those regulatory factors were put in place to protect workers because we started out our country with no regulation and you could own your workers in other words that was called slavery that clearly wasn't a good beginning and that persisted for you know nearly a hundred years then the civil war erupted which started over the over slavery the north and the south and and other political issues but primarily over that issue but it was really about owning labor and and this discussion right so now it transitions after the civil war and now labor is is, is so-called free and free from the chains and free from being owned by somebody and now they're in the what they call the workforce, and it's how are you going to survive in that? And the industrialists and the, the you know these massive owners of property had so much money that it, it was really hard for people to, to, to survive in that space. And so as time has gone on, workers and the workforce has you know constantly tried to push forward while corporate America says, no, we don't want rules. We don't want rules. We don't want rules. As a matter of fact, corporate America has fought every holiday to be passed in America, and yet they benefit from it on holiday sales, right? <laughs> they benefit from Christmas, and they benefit from all these holidays, but yet uh, commerce has consistently pressed to try to uh, oppose that regulation or that rule that they're obligated to have. And unfortunately, the, 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 na the narrative, oh, we got to deregulate things. Well, whenever you hear that, you should always think about that if you hear the word deregulation, there's usually an equal sign next to it, and workers are somehow losing 
if regulations are being pulled back. Not 100% of the time, but close to 100% of the time. So those regulatory factors, as you just pointed out, were put in place because of those early fights that farmers and workers got together and said, hey, wait a minute here. You know, we need to have a say-so in this space. And they kind of developed their worker power, and they, they, they created sort of energy in that space and started to get some rules created. Uh, but in a lot of senses, it still hasn't completely caught up for workers, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've not had their own individual voice. You know, Randy, one of the issues, this the, the gig worker. I mean, I, you know, at, at the fact that people are having to work two, three, four, and five jobs. I thought my father, as the president of a bill posters local in Denver, Colorado, when he worked two jobs, I thought, man, that, you know, that just seemed so unreasonable as a kid and as a young man. Uh, and now we have people who, uh, you know, who have basically nothing, no health insurance. Uh, their children uh, are, uh, are faced with, uh, you know, growing up in a world where, uh, Parents are home. The opportunities I had uh, 70 years ago. Um, and you mentioned the political parties, and I want to just touch on that. You know, I think one of the reasons is that uh, uh, clearly uh, there have been a lot of promises at every election. Uh, I am a member of a political party, uh, but I also understand that we need to be honest with each other. Uh, we don't get enough support we being the working man does not get enough support out of the political system. And uh, somehow that has to change. And clearly the challenges and the complexity of trying to form a political party in, uh, for workers in the US clearly is it's highly complex, highly difficult. But uh, we need to recognize that north of us in Canada, uh, you know, Canadians, it's, we have two different systems. We have two different cultures. We have two different histories. But uh, they were able to put together a party under uh, Workers Party under different conditions, clearly. But uh, you know, um, bright minds can 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 do a lot of things. So uh, I I respect people who are focused on this idea of uh, creating a political party that can uh, uh, begin to help workers equalize and bring workers together. Uh, we're you know we're we're a disparate group. We have uh, many conflicting issues. Over time, those issues can be worked through by effective leadership. So uh, I think, uh, you know, the idea is worthy of a, of a good conversation. It sure is. And I think it, it goes a, a bit deeper. What I've learned, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. In, in a leadership role, you meet with these elected officials, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, and you talk about the issues that are obviously close to workers, and you ask what their position is. And one of the things that always blows my mind is their there being most of them, they actually think they're doing something that is for the worker in some cases. And, and I've had to tell them, like I had a mayor a couple years ago that I got sideways with at a lunch when they tried to tell me, well, I did A, B, and C. And I went, you never even talked to the expert in the field. And that is us. We have been doing this for over a hundred years. You never picked up the phone and asked us that question. You depended on industry experts that have been around for a very short period of time that don't, they are not experts of that industry. Right. We are experts of that industry. And you think that you're doing something on behalf of the worker. Uh, clearly, I ended up having to pay for lunch that day. Actually, I always do when I meet with a political fi figure, by the way. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it ended rough because 
and it's a mayor from the area, by the way, from the Inland Empire, it ended rough because the ignorance of what the worker actually needed, they thought they understood and they thought they were doing something in that space. That's how disconnected the parties have become on the subject. And again, I've seen on both sides, the both the D's and the R's, equally missed the mark thinking that they were doing something for the worker and they completely missed the mark look as much as we took a shot at reagan i got to take a shot at the clintons right passing nafta right all the free right. trade stuff like that unions were screaming at them going don't you do this stuff you know and obviously a, a lot of the republicans got on board with it as well it wasn't just clinton that did it but it was clinton that opened the, the final door uh, to make that happen on trade and so you can go with the d's and the r's and you can go all the way back and you can show how they've completely missed the mark and later shows i really would like to get into fundamentally you know just kind of tease out what structurally we would need to do uh, to have that to, to do that but we got to first have the conversation like we're having right now right like why is it that it's not happening and, and answer the question is to you know w would it help workers in your mind with your vast experience would it help workers that they just basically had their own party and when I say workers I'm not just saying labor union workers i'm saying workers in general including small business owners i just had one sitting right next to me like what what political parties try to do is divide our interests sometimes to get us worked up over other things like one i'll, I'll share as an example immigration you want to fix immigration there's one simple thing you do me and one of my staff members are having this deal the other day find the employer an incredible amount of money for having it for doing it not only can you generate revenue to keep within the tax base but you find those employers for breaking the law guess what's going to happen the immigration the illegal immigration is going to stop and some of us in labor have been saying that for a very long time and you could have policy that's responsible for it but it seems as if they don't even want to fix it because they want to exploit that labor in a lot of their businesses and so again the d's and the r's absolutely have missed the mark on this and would you do you think it would help workers dennis with your experience you know i i, I will tell you my bias uh randy i just need to be honest about it uh, it's going to be very difficult given our our society and our culture and the history that has marked the creation but i think for me the question i would answer more uh probably more directly is um political action is absolutely essential it's critical to the future of workers as a uh, as a population as a group uh and their common interests uh it is it is absolutely essential you know we have political action and we have uh, calls for get out the vote and that somehow it seems to me that the american worker needs to somehow we need to bring them together in a way that focuses on and understands the importance of political action you mentioned that you have uh, some education employees in the uh, san bernardino school district and uh, i was uh, out in uh, your local at uh, some time during that organizing uh, campaigns um helping that group which i will say you guys within local 1932 did understand how linked their jobs are 
to the political decisions in the, certainly in the county, certainly at the school building, and certainly in the state. And then the state funding, the federal funding beyond that. And somehow we need to bring, we, the labor movement, needs to bring to people a clear clarification and an understanding of Their why role. it's essential they get involved in that, in those political activities, and then engage them in that. Yeah, and it's not about the wedge issues. It's about working Correct. issues. And I'll give you an example here locally. I took a ton of heat supporting a Republican uh, for the Board of Supervisors over a labor candidate, uh, which was Kurt Hagman. I supported him. We supported him, our our, our PAC committee and everybody supported him and, and made sure that he had won. And I internally within the unions, I took a lot of heat because I was like, wait a minute, he has absolutely been supportive of labor. He's been supportive of our policies with the county. We represent the workers of the county. This is a Republican. And, it's, you know, historically, it's like, oh, you're not going to support that. It's, it's actually not true. We, we support Democrats and Republicans. What matters is do they support workers? And, That's right. Vote, and, vote your interest. You're basically saying vote your interest. And make your interest not just a consumer-based interest, but actually a worker-based interest. Absolutely. And that your, work, your consumer-based interest should be secondary to to your worker-based interest and and making sure that understanding you know what the levers are that get pulled in these systems uh is 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 a lot of work now uh, i really appreciate you coming on dennis i know we just kind of barely scratched the surface and kind of teased this subject i'm really curious i'm going to reach out to everybody and start to kind of try to hear all right what do you what do you guys think about this because we're not going to get into politically divisive subjects what we yep. want to do is get into the fundamental discussion on like what what how would workers benefit from this sort of process and i've just got two minutes before i got to wrap up but uh, i don't know if you want to say anything briefly in closing but dennis we really appreciate you coming on the show you have been a tremendous help to me professionally over a long period of time you're a good friend of mine uh, i know it's cold in ohio and hopefully you're keeping yourself warm we appreciate you joining us by zoom uh so I, is there anything you want to close on I would just say, Randy, I appreciate it so much, the opportunity. I love you. You know that. And uh, you're uh, you're one hell of a leader. I would suggest that, you know, we talk over time, uh, if, if this conversation continues, we also talk about how is the U.S. different than uh, Europe, a number of countries in Europe, and certainly in Canada, Australia. They have labor unions focused on you know, workers who form labor, uh, labor, uh, a, a labor political party. And I think it's important for people to understand, you know, what the, some of the nuances without getting too deep in the weeds, uh, but uh, why the conversation is so important. Thank you, Dennis. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we got one minute left. I want to wrap up the show with the question that we'd like to ask. Uh, first of all, thank you for joining us on the Worker Power Hour. This is Randy Corgan. Uh, what can you do to build worker power? Talk with your family. Talk with a friend talk with a neighbor explain what worker power is worker power is helping decide that direction collectively as a group longtime organizer first time radio show host randy corgan here signing off
KCAA Loma Linda, celebrating our 25th anniversary. Sponsored by Teamsters Local 1932. Protecting the future of working families. Teamsters1932.org. NBC News Radio, I'm Michael Kastner. The central U.S. is bracing for more bitter cold in St.